the World Wrestling Federation, for over 50 years. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Everybody, Wrestling Review Central is here, and we're going to be talking about a very important topic today, not wrestling-related, not at all. We're actually going to be talking about net neutrality, an issue that is extremely important and one that cannot be ignored, especially considering the FCC just passed some uh, uh, rules to dismantle uh, net neutrality. And so I'm going to talk about what this means, what that looks like, and what is going to happen next. And uh, first thing we're going to do is actually get into a little bit of the history of net neutrality. And so uh, I'm going to now uh, turn down our little Arcade Fire song there, Everything Now. And uh, it feels like that's an appropriate song, considering the repeals and net neutrality are probably rooted in... Well, uh, quite frankly, corporate greed. And so we're just going to dive right in and start talking about what net neutrality is. And then uh, first off, I'm just going to answer the biggest question now since this uh, has been voted for uh, repealing net neutrality. The FCC has approved that. how is this going to affect the world and when will it go into effect if repealed? So these, this is really the major question that most people have. And uh, I'm going to talk about why that's important in a second, but I'm just going to answer this right here. Uh, the effect of this in the world is not going to be seen immediately uh, because it's going to take a while for this to come into play. Uh, there is, still has to pass through some courts. Uh, there's going to be dealing with the Senate and things like that in the U.S. So it's not going to be an immediate change to anything at all, really. It could actually be a very long-term thing, even if uh, it doesn't end up being overthrown at some point. Uh this ruling that was made today. Uh, if it's not overthrown, it's still going to be quite a while before we see what exactly the internet is going to look like, but it is going to be very, very different from what we have now. Um, so to talk about the how it will affect the world, we'll actually go into that in a minute about why it's net neutrality is so important and why it's something that we should protect um so really let's just dive into really what net neutrality is and kind of the history off of it or history off it i should say and so net neutrality's 
I'm just going to read straight here from Wikipedia uh, because it actually says it's the best, but then I'll try to explain it a bit more. It's the principle that internet service providers, that is the people who provide you with your internet connection, uh, must treat all data on the internet the same and not discriminate or charge differently by user, content, website, platform, application, type of attached equipment, or method of communication. So, for instance, uh, under these principles, internet service providers are unable to intentionally block, slow down, or charge money for specific websites and online content. So, uh, this principle of net neutrality became something that was very, very important uh, and discussed a lot in the early 2000s with the expansion of the internet beyond dial-up into high-speed internet. And the this was um, put in place to protect the customer. And a prime example of an internet company violating net neutrality uh, was when Comcast, for example, throttled uh, download or upload speeds from peer-to-peer -peer sharing, file sharing, uh, and they didn't stop blocking the pro the protocols for BitTorrent and stuff like that until the FCC ordered them to stop. Uh, and basically, this means the internet server service providers, if we have net neutrality in place, are not allowed to tell you what you are allowed to access on the internet, meaning they can't slow down traffic they don't like and they can speed up traffic that they do like. That's the best way to put it. And the principles of net neutrality here make this uh, an equal playing field. So the basic rules in place, again, we're going back to this uh, topic right there where it says all data must be treated the same. So. What it would look like, for example, if we don't have net neutrality, what does this look like? This is where we'll talk about the uh, potential effects of not actually having it. And one of the potential effects is that websites are going to have to start charging or internet companies are going to have to start charging you for access to certain websites. So here's an example. Let's take two social media networks, Facebook and Twitter, the two very, very popular social media networks. And uh, I'll use a, an American example because I would guess most of my listeners here will be American. Um, we don't have Comcast or anything like that in Canada. We have um, our main Internet providers are Bell and Rogers. Uh, we have a few others outside of that. And then we have a bunch of indie ones as well. Um, but those are our main two. And so the internet, <laughs> the state of the internet in Canada is another issue, even though we have strong net neutrality protections and even just passed some in April this year of uh, stronger protections for net neutrality. Uh, the state of internet in Canada still has a long way to go. Uh, but so let's take Comcast, for example, a telecommunications company in the United States. They provide cable, internet, those kinds of things. And it's very similar to Bell & Rogers uh, here in Canada, if you're a Canadian listener. Uh, so let's put uh, uh, take example our two social media networks, Facebook and Twitter. 
And now, if there's no net neutrality, let's say Facebook cuts a deal with Comcast to speed up access to Facebook's website uh, via paying a fee to Comcast and say, hey, we're your sponsor, uh, show us preferential treatment, and then in doing so, we will, uh, we will, you know, show us preferential treatment and send traffic this way, and we will uh, provide you with certain benefits or whatever or we'll continue to sponsor you. And so what this would look like is if you're a Comcast customer and Facebook has this deal with Comcast and you type in twitter.com, a little message will pop up saying, hey, you need to upgrade to the next tier of your internet to access Twitter. And in reality though, on your current ter- tier, you're, you can access Facebook for free. But you need to upgrade if you want to access Twitter. And so what it does is it turns the internet basically into cable where it has tiers of access. So where you're able to only access certain channels uh, with certain bundles. And so maybe you'll have a social media bundle where there's a basic one where Facebook's offered at the very lowest level. But the the more advanced ones, that's when you get into the offerings for uh, Twitter or some other social media networks. Like, uh, I don't know, is MySpace still a thing? Who knows? But, you know, those... Those uh, that that's what would happen. It creates a tiered internet where some people will have access to everything if they can afford to pay for it, and some people will only have access to the basic things that uh, where the d- companies make cut deals with the internet service provider. And uh, another prime example would be let's say Microsoft uh, cuts a deal with the internet company, and they say show us preferential treatment meaning access to Hotmail, uh, MSN's website, um, all the Microsoft things, Office 365, and all, all these things are the ones that are given preferential treatment. And so that's given the basic level of entry. And then services like Google or Gmail or YouTube or anything like that, uh, competing services with Microsoft, will ha- be on a higher tier saying if you want to access Gmail, well, you got to upgrade to the higher tier. If, hey, but look, Microsoft is here for free. And what this does is it forces the consumer into, uh, into picking an option of either paying more or having their traffic directed somewhere that they don't want. And so what this ends up being is essentially a situation exactly like the cable uh, in Canada and the United States right now, where everything is packaged into tiers and you have to upgrade to a higher tier to have access to everything that you want. And of course, the costs of this are going to be passed on to the consumer. So one of the things that we have to ask is what are the principles of an open internet? And so this is kind of the crux of the issue right there. What does the internet look like? And so I'm just going to go through this a little bit. Uh, Internet neutrality is an important part of this, meaning that uh, internet traffic includes 
every, can include everything from files and data sent over the internet, emails, um, MP3s, video files. And the best way to explain uh, internet neutrality is that uh, it's a public information network that will be most useful when all content, websites, platforms, this includes mobile devices, video game consoles, are treated, that these things are all treated equally in access. And so that's the principle of internet neutrality right there, that everything will be treated equal, that one thing won't be prioritized over another. Uh, even on a, on a ludicrous level, we can say, let's look at Sony and um, Microsoft with your PlayStation versus Xbox. What if Sony uh, has a deal with one of the internet companies to slow down traffic for the Xboxes to encourage the user to buy a PlayStation or vice versa? This instead curates your traffic saying you're allowed to do this and to do this other option you're going to need to upgrade and so the end cost of this will fall to the user uh, and end up uh, unfairly charging the user more to, for basic services. So another principle here uh, again the open internet uh, this means there's going to the idea of the open internet is uh, that it's transparent, that it has lack of internet censorship, and it has a low barrier to entry, meaning that it's easy for everyone to have equal access to the internet. Meaning, if you're in a small rural town in the middle of nowhere, if you have a somewhat decent internet connection. Uh, or if you're in a big city with the fastest connection possible, you have equal access to the same content. Meaning you can go to uh, a, a news website and read the same content. You can go to uh, Netflix and, wa and binge watch a TV show exactly the same. Now, internet speeds are a little bit different, but part of um, net neutrality is working out a base level internet speed that everyone should have and truthfully that's something that needs to be worked on anyways but uh, because there are still places in rural middle of nowhere that have dial-up uh, at least here in Canada and I'm quite sure it's the same in the United States uh, and that's actually a problem but beside that's beside the point right here that's another it's a part of the the, the open internet issue but the key being that if you have a decent internet connection, you will have equal access to everything. And so, uh, this lets people have access to all the same information with no barriers between them other than their internet connection. Uh, meaning, if you want to go on Twitter and tweet, you can go right ahead and do that regardless of where you're at or anything like that with no censorship or anything to slow you down or no one can say no no you need to use this social network you can't use Twitter you have to use Facebook or you have you have to use Twitter you can't use Facebook it's up to you it's on the users end to decide what to do to for what data, data to access and so this is kind of the basic idea of what net neutrality is. And there's 
other things like traffic shaping, uh, which is uh, throttling the internet uh, to, in quotation marks, improve performance, but it's proven to actually be incredibly ineffective. Um, and really, it's at this point, your most internet companies have, or it's been ruled that most internet companies are not allowed to throttle. Some still do it anyways. But uh, actually, Bell got in some serious, serious trouble a few years ago here in Canada for doing it. They were caught doing it against the rules. And uh, it was also ruled by the uh, CRTC. Those are the ones who handle... Um, it's like the FCC, but except it's in Canada. And... Uh, Rogers and Bell and them got in some pretty serious trouble for internet throttling and it was ruled that it just needed to stop, period. And uh, over a period of like two years, they rolled out uh, something to make it stop happening. But uh, anyways, so how this all works and why this is all important, why why it's important to have this equal and open access. I already gave you some examples with Microsoft and all that kind of stuff. Um, an example of a, a, in a modern era thing was people tried to slow down BitTorrents and uh, Comcast did that in the United States and they deliberately throttled any BitTorrent traffic to slow it down because it used a lot of bandwidth. And uh, the FCC said you can't do that and Comcast appealed that and it went to court and it was Comcast was showing bias against downloading large files uh, but the uh, but anyways the FCC ended up I think winning in the end on that one uh, the courts did rule in favor of Comcast but uh, after that the Comcast virtually stopped its throttling of internet traffic. And so one of the things is, can you discriminate against file sharing? Can you discriminate against streaming video? Can you discriminate against uh, things like YouTube and all that if it takes a lot of data? And one of the other areas that uh, that the open internet is important is when it comes to uh, internet censorship so that can you censor the data that someone accesses and uh, an example of that is in certain countries mobile data so everyone has a mobile data plan uh, certain companies would say if you use this service, it will cost you no data. It's called uh, zero rating. And, and uh, in uh, developing countries, Facebook uh, does this, Google does this. It's called like, uh, Facebook zero, Google free zero. And uh, these zero rating practices are very, very common in the developing world. And so where internet access is not as developed as to say it would be here. And what this means is you go on Google and it costs you no data. You go on Bing, I mean, who uses it? But if you go on Bing, it costs you data. Or you go on DuckDuckGo, which is an alternative to Google as well, and that will cost you data, uh, but not Google. And so it forces people to go to Google and 
says, okay, well, you can Google stuff for free, but you can't use Bing or DuckDuckGo for free. It's going to cost you data. And that's actually uh, a practice of discriminating uh, against certain providers at the expense of others. And that it's awkward and potentially dangerous, uh, mainly because it can determine where you go on the internet, what you look at on the internet, and say, no, 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 you can't look at this news site because it doesn't apply to this practice or whatever. And uh, zero rating actually ended up being a major issue recently in Canada. And to give an example, Bell has uh, a sports streaming service they offer to their mobile customers. And a while back, they decided they were going to make it uh, have no impact on your data if you're a Bell customer and you're um, signed up for their service. And so you can stream uh, hockey games, whatever, unlimited on your phone, no data usage at all. And that sounds great for Bell customers and people who want to watch hockey on their phones, right? Well, here's the problem. What if you decided to stream, oh, I don't know, MLB.tv instead of using Bell's service to stream? Ah, oh, well, MLB.tv costs money. And MLB.tv will consume your data, but not Bell's services. And so Bell put a policy in place that unfairly favored their own streaming service over someone else. So you load Netflix, YouTube, MLB.tv, whatever. And uh, MLB.tv being baseball, if you didn't know, uh, those things would cost data. Those would expend data, but Bell service wouldn't, which gives the customer incentive to buy more product from Bell instead of going to the competitors uh, who offer different entertainment options. But they got in some serious trouble for this, actually, and they were sued for it by a customer who said this violates net, net neutrality and unfairly favors their own product, and they lost quite spectacularly. And they did, they were not happy about it, but they lost. And it was ruled that it had unfairly uh, prioritized their own content over the content provided by someone else. And this is part of the reason why it's a problem that it's cable companies offering internet in the first place. Um, this is another eventual principle of net neutrality is that it should be declared a public utility like water and like power, meaning that it should be offered through the government, not private companies. Um, and I think that's something that we need to eventually move towards, at least have the infrastructure offered through the government. Um, but that's another story. Uh, it actually was like that at one point in Canada through um, when we had dial-up internet uh, in, in Nova Scotia and PEI. We had Maritime Tel and Tel that was owned by the government. In New Brunswick, there was MBTEL. Uh, and eventually that moved away and Bell and Rogers kind of took over everything. And so there's no MBTEL anymore and there's no Maritime Tel and Tel as well, uh, MT&T. So... Uh, it would 
so anyways, it was one point, uh, it was considered like that. It would be a service like that. Uh, and it really, that an open internet would be like that, uh, as declared as a public utility, not as um, something that you buy like cable. That's really probably an idea for an end goal of where we would want this net neutrality stuff to go to make it as easy to access for everyone, make equal access so that there's no bias over data or anything like that. So we have to ask though, why, why is this so important? And you already heard me say a lot of reasons why, but the biggest reason why, and I think it actually comes down to this, is we can't let someone tell us which data it is acceptable to access. So I'm going to give you an example of why this is a bad idea to not have net neutrality. And this might be extreme, but the truth is it could easily go this way. Let's imagine we're going coming around to an election season, whether it's Canada or the US or whatever. And uh, I'll use examples from both. Um, so in the United States, you have the Democrats and you have the Republicans as your two major parties. And in Canada, we actually have five major parties. We have the uh, Conservative Party of Canada, the Liberal Party of Canada, the NDP, the Green Party, and the Bloc Québécois. And so that's kind of how that, that's, regardless, the name doesn't really matter. But let's say in the next election cycle, which is significantly shorter in Canada. Uh, our longest election cycle ever was three months. <laughs> in the U.S., it's much longer. Um, let's say the election cycle comes and someone, one political party, strikes a deal with an internet service provider and says, you can only do... Uh, give traffic to websites to talk about us positively. And so this would be like the Democrats blocking Fox News and the Republicans blocking CNN. Neither of these practices are acceptable. But without net neutrality, that is entirely a possibility. And in Canada, it would be like uh, the National Post being blocked by the Liberals and CBC being blocked by the Conservatives. And again, unacceptable, unacceptable. This means that depending on your internet provider, you will only be fed a certain amount of information that is deemed acceptable by the provider. Uh, but isn't it up to you to decide which party is the right party? Isn't it up to you to decide who to vote for? Isn't it up to you to decide if they're doing a good job or not? This the job of the media is to present to you an unbiased look at which political parties are doing the best job, ideally, anyways. We know the media doesn't do this perfectly, and it, 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 I, that's the ideal situation, anyways. And you're looking for the truth, and what you end up getting is the version of the truth that a certain political party would want you to believe. And that is entirely possible. It's called internet censorship, that you will only see what someone wants you to see. And without net neutrality, the government will be able to say, you can't see this negative article about 
someone in our in our government, regardless whether it's conservatives or liberals in part in power. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's in power. Controlling who accesses the information like that is unacceptable. It's like a dictatorship. And we know what this looks like because we've seen it in countries that heavily censored the internet. One of the countries that censored the internet most in the world right now is China. And they have very, very strict restrictions on what their people are allowed to access. It's why VPNs are used so often in these countries to get around the restrictions. And it doesn't look pretty. It means it significantly reduces the freedom of information. It significantly reduces freedom of speech. It significantly reduces your ability to get the information that you want to get to have an accurate understanding of what is happening in the world. This means that we will have a heavily censored media, a heavily censored internet, heavily censored information. So places like Wikipedia that have articles that don't approve or that aren't approved by certain people will be gone. You won't be able to access them. And they won't even be on a higher tier. They'll, they could potentially be, nope, you can't access this website anymore because it has information that we don't like. And quite frankly, that is scary. And that is not good. That is not acceptable. And the reason why net neutrality is in place is to protect the user on the end saying, we won't censor this. You're able to come in and get information that's accurate or, or inaccurate. It could be wrong as well. But you're the one who decides. <laughs> it's up to you. It, and it, what this does is it strikes a blow against democracy. It strikes a blow against freedom. It strikes a blow against internet freedom and against the ability to communicate with each other in ways that we see fit. And it should be up to the end user to decide which information to access, not the government, not the internet service providers, not the telecommunication companies. And so we need strong protections in place that say Net, net neutrality is important that say it's important for you to be able to access what information you want without anyone saying you can't access it. And so even the idea of zero rating, which prioritizes uh, certain products over others, uh, which we actually see in the United States uh, quite a bit. To be honest, it actually happens with some uh, companies. Uh, T-Mobile did that with their own video streaming access. Uh, and, the, you know, it's sponsored data, basically. And so T-Mobile's video streaming will be free on T-Mobile's networks. Uh, you know, no, it'll cost no data to do their video streaming. But then you go to YouTube and it costs you data. That's not okay. That's what the principles of net neutrality says. You should be able to access whichever streaming service you want and not be given unfair preference. And that really the ideal is no data charges for any streaming access to content like that. Um, but that's, that's a, a, a process that needs to happen. And it's a discussion being had in Canada right now, actually. And we have organizations pushing for no data charges, unlimited data for everyone. 
which I actually think should happen because that means everyone will have equal access and uh, internet companies won't be able to say, here's our little uh, program. You can do that one for free, but you can't access Netflix or YouTube or whatever for free. So what this will look like if this actually goes through. It's going to take a little while since the vote went through to dismantle uh, net neutrality. It has to go to court. It has to go to the Senate. But what it's going to look like is a drastically slowed down internet. At, at the very minimum, in the most optimistic way, your internet is going to cost a lot more if you want to have access to everything. In the worst possible scenario, your internet is going to be heavily censored, heavily, heavily censored uh, by corporations who decide, oh, no, 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 we can't have them access negative articles about us. Or they'll pay certain companies to say, you can only access this part of the internet that approves of what we're doing. And in reality, what this ends up doing is creating an internet that is heavily censored, heavily monitored, and ends up putting the cost on you, the end user, rather than allowing you to be able to access the data that you want to access when you want to access it. And in the end, this means things like memes will go away. What if, as, as funny as it is, I mean, memes are fun, but what if... Um, the company behind Lord of the Rings saw the meme featuring Boromir, you know, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Uh, and they decided, well, that's an unlawful usage of our copyrighted property because it's from our film. And so we're going to block all websites, all websites that use this meme. And suddenly you end up with an internet that's memeless because no one can access it. What do you happens uh, with um, hyperlinks? Like you send a link on Twitter. Well, what if it's a link to a website that a certain corporation doesn't like and suddenly not everyone, everyone can see it, access to it is blocked. It's just a scary thought. The internet as we know it depends upon equal access to data. And the reason why the internet is so powerful and such an important thing is it doesn't give preference to the rich or the poor. It, do, it doesn't give preference to uh, whether you're young or old. It doesn't give preference to your politi political leanings or religious leanings or anything like that. It provides an open platform for everyone to have a voice. And without net neutrality, that voice is severely limited and not equal anymore. And what will end up happening is the only people who will be able to afford the equal or the best access to the internet are the rich and the poor will be stuck with whatever they're given. And it will create uh, a digital divide, a digital gap that leads only to the rich being able to have access to all those features and rich and the rich and corporations and everyone else is going to have a heavily censored, heavily, heavily, heavily monitored internet where your freedom, your freedom will be at risk.
And this isn't even about uh, piracy and things like that. So don't don't believe that. Uh, people are really going to start structuring this about um, fighting piracy. I'm willing to bet that's going to come out. This is about fighting the pirates, stopping BitTorrent, stopping all those kinds of things. But it isn't. Uh, honestly, the majority of internet traffic isn't around pol uh, piracy and those kinds of things. Um, this is what this is really about is freedom of information and freedom of speech. This is in the end what it comes down to, your digital freedom to be able to have access to the content that you want to access when you want to access it. That you'll be able to go to a news website knowing that it isn't their traffic isn't being shaped and directed away from something that someone doesn't like somewhere. That you can go to CNN or Fox News' websites, or you can go to YouTube and stream, or you can go to whatever you want. You can go to Wikipedia. You can write an article and have it published. You can record a podcast like this one and have it published everywhere and have anyone access it that they want. Anyone could access it. Uh, that's what we want for the internet. It's a place where freedom of expression should shine. And without net neutrality, we lose innovation. Small businesses will be punished over a big business that can afford to pay the internet companies to direct the traffic. Uh, you will see small businesses die without this. Uh, you will see certain political agendas being pushed more. You will see certain websites being pushed more than others because they're sponsoring the internet company. Google will be pushed on certain internet companies, Facebook on others, Twitter on others, and at the expense of others. And the truth is, it should be up to you if you want to go to Facebook or Twitter. No one should decide that for you. It's up to you if you want to send that tweet or that Facebook status update. It's up to you if you want to use both. No one should be able to tell you, you can't use Twitter you need to use Facebook. You can't use Facebook, you need to use Twitter. Or no one should be able to say you have to use Yahoo Mail instead of Gmail, or use Gmail instead of Hotmail, or use Hotmail instead of whatever. No one should be able to tell you that you can't use YouTube, you have to use Dailymotion, or you can't use uh, Netflix and you have to use um, Crave TV, which is another streaming option here in Canada, or Hulu, or uh, in the United States, or uh, whatever, any internet streaming option out there. Um, no one should be able to tell you what um, resource you are allowed to use. No one should be able to tell you what data you're allowed to access. That is up to you, and it should be up to you. And this means uh, websites like whenitiscool.com, where this website will be uh, hosting this podcast as well. And I, it, no one could be able to tell you, you can't go to whenitiscool.com to get information about comic books. You have to go to Comic Find. No one should be able to tell you that. You should be able to go wherever you want to access that information. So I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. I have a little bit of a cold. And in the end, I'm rambling a little bit here, but I want you to think about what you want the internet to look like. Basically, do you want an internet that is free, uh, and not free as in cost, but free as in freedom of expression? Do you want an internet 
that lets you access the data you want whenever you want it. Do you want an internet where you can choose which services you want to purchase, like a Netflix, uh, versus an internet where you're forced to sign up for the service your internet service provides? You can probably kiss companies like Netflix goodbye in the long term without net neutrality, which is a horrifying thought because Netflix is such an ingrained part of our entertainment culture now. It has transformed how we consume television and uh, film. And without Netflix, uh, that is actually quite scary. Uh, but the, the, the chilling effect of not having net neutrality is something that we should all pay attention to. And so I'm going to leave you with these thoughts. Contact your local senator. Contact uh, everyone. I mean, look into this. I'm going to attach uh, some links in the description here for you to go to uh, to learn more about net neutrality. Uh, go to openmedia.ca here in Canada. Uh, they talk about net neutrality a lot, and they've actually been fighting for protections off it and have had a lot of success. Uh, go to the FCC and submit your comments. Tell them th that this is unacceptable. Talk to your senator. Talk to your local representatives. Fight for net neutrality. Let them know that this is absolutely vital for your freedom on the internet. Do not let them take this away from you because the internet will end up costing more and it will end up slowing down. Innovation will slow down. Technological uh, innovation will be almost completely gone. And websites, uh, small businesses will suffer. You want a free access? You want good access to the internet. And so let's fight for an open internet, folks. It is absolutely worth fighting for. And I will close you out with, again, Everything Now by Arcade Fire, which is a song that talks a little bit about corporate greed. And I feel like it's a bit appropriate because that's what this is really all about. It's about corporate greed and making more money off your back rather than providing you with a service free, open, and giving you all the information you want to access whenever you want to access it. So, for the open internet, this is Wrestling Review Central and Josiah for Wrestling Review Central and for WhenItWasCool.com. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you like what you heard, you can follow me on Twitter at WR underscore Central. Go to WhenItWasCool.com. Follow them on Twitter at WhenItWasCool. Let's talk about... Uh, Open, open internet. Let's talk about net neutrality. Send me your thoughts at WR underscore central. And you can also follow um, the owner of whenitwascool.com, Dragon King Carl. Look him up on Twitter as well at Dragon King Carl. And I want to thank Carl for hosting this podcast. I know it was a bit rambling, but uh, thank you again for hosting it uh, on this very important issue. So, you guys, fight for net neutrality. I need it. I want